Hi, this is the Robberator. You can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Have you ever wondered if there's a limit to what more it could be? Like, it couldn't be a financial institution. I think that'd be too far. Uh, it could, be, could it be like Dragon Coin? Ooh, so not an institution, but a, a financial instrument. Yes. Dragon Coin is pretty amazing. I think Dragon <laughs> Con is already... That. <laughs> That's a very good question. We'll be accepting I, I uh, Tom, payments for this year's Dragon Con. And Dragon I haven't Coin. put a lot of thought into it yet, so <laughs> to be honest. If not, they should. If not, they should. That would be a, an interesting way to to uh, to pay for the event or to to uh, what's the well, word yeah, they have those. For? What are the what are the lifetime members called? Oh gosh, now. yeah, I can't remember either. They have like Eternals or something. Is yeah, that yeah, something um, like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. They could be like they could be the 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 minters. You know, the the you get you get a dragon coin and then start circulating them from there. I feel like we should at least have challenge coins now with with Lem on them. We really should. So we should we go do to that meetups. Anyway. Yeah, that's a great idea. How does one I've do that? I've had so many people tell me like, "Here's where I did my challenge coins. They're really good. Like, I I just need to pull in those resources. They're apparently not that hard to get." Them. I love that you know enough people that you've had multiple people tell you where to yeah. make a challenge coin. Like Adam Whitehead or uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, Dan Darren Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, Roger had them. Yeah, at his wedding. Oh, Roger right. Chang. Roger Chang is one of the people who told me about that. You're right. It's on my desk yeah. right here. Todd Whitehead, not Adam Whitehead. Adam Whitehead does the words on. Todd he pr- Whitehead. He probably also has a challenge coin. He probably does, but he now hasn't told me. <laughs> uh, Tom, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> Water. Yeah, I feel like I've talked about this before, but I am once again having one of those fantastic GERD mm. flare-ups. Mm. So I can't eat spicy Boo. food. I can't drink alcohol. Boo. I can't have onions. I can't. Boo eat tomatoes i went to my 30th high school reunion this weekend and so i don't feel like i need to drink a whole lot more right now <laughs> you, have a, you have a good time in greenville <laughs> i did i i didn't overdo it mm-hmm. uh, but you know it was a uh, it was seeing my sister and having some drinks then seeing some friends and having some drinks and then i'm 48 man i can't do that as much as i used to so you don't look a day over 34 thank you wow you're welcome you know, my, my next door neighbor, uh, has, she's 90. Okay. So her memory isn't quite what it used to be. She came over and was knocking on the door and I opened the door. She's like, Thomas, she calls me Thomas. And I'm like, Oh yeah. And she's like, Oh, so you haven't moved yet. I'm like, no, not yet. She's like, did you cut your hair? (laughs) Yes. And then she explained, she thought somebody was in the house that wasn't supposed to be. And that's why. Oh, so someone, when we posted our Hugo's photo, commented on both of our gray hairs oh yeah no i got tons of gray hair where you have in the photo you have gray hair all the front of my hair is gray you didn't notice that oh no i never noticed that that's just my hair color now really it doesn't look gray to me it's it looks light in photos but in person it's gray oh wow yeah it's been Hmm. it's been a rough couple of years yeah my beard has been gray for (laughs) 
10 years now. Well, I've only had it for eight. So eight years. Yeah. Eight years. Yeah. It's been great since the moment I grew it. There you go. It's one of those things. All right. Well, enough, enough old sadding. I'm a gray beard. Yay. There you go. Yeah. I wish we had a live chat sometimes. So we could like, <laughs> that felt like a live chat comment. You know what I mean? Like you were yeah, like responding saw, to something. Yeah. Oh, Strike It Rich says I'm a great beard. Exactly. Yeah. Well, something to think about. Maybe we'll do like a Patreon Patreon live chat sometime. All right. Yeah, I like that. That's a, That's good, a good idea. idea. I don't know mm-hmm. how to do that. You do. Maybe monthly silliness could be live one month. Oh, dang. <sighs> that sounds like a lot of prep. All right. Let's jump into the quick burns. So Amy submitted the following. Susan Denard's Witchland series is coming to TV. Or is it? Mm-hmm. Amy's very excited. I don't want to rain on her parade, but it's been optioned. Mm-hmm. That uh, doesn't always mean it'll actually mm. turn into a TV show, but maybe it will. Anyway, it's been optioned by the Jim Henson Company, and Amy says, this is, in my opinion, a very underrated series. Book one was good, and two was fantastic with an excellent magic system. I can't yeah. wait to see portrayed in a visual medium. According to Deadline, the book series is set on a distant continent in which some are born with a witchery, a magical skill that sets them apart from others. The series follows best friend Safi, a truth witch, and Isuet, a thread witch, as well as the cutting ship captain Prince Merrick, a hmm. wind witch, and the mysterious and powerful Aduan, a blood witch. These names. Uh, as they I'm must waiting navigate- for the desert one, which of course... <laughs> Would be a sandwich. Oh, no! <laughs> no! <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, all of these all of these witches must must navigate warring empires, political machinations, and mercenaries who seek to use their magic for selfish gain. This sounds great. I actually love all the witchcraft uh, and the thread, you know, the different witches, <laughs> my sandwich pun aside, like a thread witch and a wind witch. These, these sound really cool. Oh, gosh. It kind of reminds me of a series that we've read for, for vaginal fantasy that I'm, that is escaping me right now that I actually really liked. Um, I'll talk, I'll look for it later, but it's, yeah, I, I love yeah. stuff like that. I love cool magic systems that I haven't really encountered too much before. You know, this would be a good one. I did a uh, top 25 underrated sci-fi books. Mm-hmm. Got a little bit of flack for putting like Hugo Award winners on there. But I, I tried to explain my position in making it was I'm a, I had to have read them. So I couldn't put things on that I hadn't read. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to pick books that even if they won Hugo's, even if they were by an amazing person that I didn't think enough people knew about. So I put Connie Willis on there yeah. because even though she's a Hugo Award winner, I don't think enough people know about her. So, you know, it was more like, hey, let me tell you about some books maybe you don't know about you can put on your list. And this is kind of I'm I'm thinking of that because Amy telling us about Witchlands is is exactly that sort of thing happening. Like, oh, this sounds Mm -hmm. really cool. I want to add that to my list. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's very true. I th- I think that's absolutely, it makes sense that you would put it that way because everybody thinks someone is underrated that they've read or, or thinks mm-hmm. someone is overrated that they've, yeah, yeah. you know, it just depends on your perspective. So anyhow, uh, Kelly says Henry Cavill to star in the Witcher fantasy novel <laughs> adaptation at Netflix as Geralt. She says, mm-hmm. yes, please. I can get behind this casting. Tom adds, production will start October 18th, and the show will now likely premiere in late 2019 instead of 2020. How so often do we get an earlier release? 
Too bad earlier. we lose Henry Cavill as Superman. Yeah, this was this was all part of that um, like DC shakeup news also mm. that came out this week in which it, it did was announced that Henry Cavill would no longer play Superman uh, in those films um, and anything moving forward. And some people were saying, oh, this is because he took the Witcher role. But no. actually it was, the, you know, the timing came out that no, they had already had those discussions yeah. at DC that that he was no longer going to be Superman before he got cast as Geralt. And also, it's not impossible for him to be Geralt and Superman. Like, it could have happened. That's, it's not like you can only be one thing at a time. I mean, he was well, in Mission Impossible. That was the whole mustache thing. Right. So, you know, it, it it it's not like one causes the other, but certainly him not being Superman makes it a lot easier for him to accept a role as Geralt and in what is going to be an ongoing thing, probably. So this is interesting. Uh, so people are saying now that Michael B. Jordan could potentially be cast as Ooh. Superman. Oh, like this is a real oh. like a rumor based in facts apparently. Yeah. Um and I like I mean, that but man that's the a guy's that's built a, like Superman. So Yeah, but that's a Marvel DC crossover. Are, is he allowed to do that? I oh, mean he's no. not I mean it's not a crossover. It's just He's not he's an ongoing playing, character. Yeah, and I don't want to get into spoilers for Black Panther. But, yeah. <laughs> but but uh he is not Black Panther. I think if you're Black Panther, I don't think you can be Superman. Uh, that's just too much, <laughs> right? I guess. Because uh, you're too iconic. But I, I'm trying to think. I feel like there's something like that that has happened. That's before. what I want to know. That's what yeah. I want the audience to tell us about. If you can George think of... George Clooney... No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> if you can think of an instance where a, a character from a Marvel or DC Universe film crossed over into... Well, I know I know uh, secondary characters, like maybe villains have done it before. Yeah. And I'm, I, the one isn't coming to mind. I know that's happened, but I don't know if anybody's been villain to hero like that. Oh, that's, that's cool. Interesting. Yeah, I'm curious about all the different instances. That would be funny yeah, to yeah. see like all the different kind of crossovers that have happened. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm... I'm okay with it. I'm not the biggest Henry Cavill fan. Oh, really? I love but him. But he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. Actually, I think Superman kind of like took him down a few pegs for me. Oh. I liked him better in other things. Whoa. Yeah. Superman's just not good enough for Veronica. He's <laughs> just like too Superman. I'm not a Superman fan You're not a in DC general. person. No, I have no trouble. I've never had trouble with Batman. I love Batman. So you hate Superman. I'm just... I guess I kind of hate Superman. When did you Superman. start hating Superman? <laughs> this is, feels very uh, <laughs> intense now, I have to say. No, no, no. I, I, just to dial it back, uh, Superman's like just not your top superhero. And so if, right. Henry, if Henry Cavill's doing like really cool roles and then you're like, oh, now he's Superman. Okay, I guess. Yeah. I it, well, it. it's more like now I have, I'm going to, I just want to see what he looks like as Geralt. I think as soon mm. as I see him in the makeup and as soon as I hear like what his voice sounds like, he does a yeah. pretty good gravelly voice. I think I'll, I'll come around on that. There's also a bunch of ridiculous stuff going on about the casting of Siri uh, to the point that the writer of the show has <laughs> taken a pause on Twitter. I thought she did it very nicely, too. She's like, you know what? I really need to focus on writing the show. So peace out, y'all. Talk to you in a bit. <laughs> like mm -hmm. She didn't quit Twitter. She didn't turn it into drama. She's like, you aren't going to hear from me because you know what I really need to do? Write the show. Um, but nobody knows who they're going to cast yet. So right. just settle down. Let's wait until we find out. 
I feel like uh, an, as another vaginal fantasy reference, uh, Yennefer, the casting that they're looking at right now, our most popular actress choices are Ava Green, uh, mm. who like in every casting we did for every vaginal fantasy book, Bonnie always made the the heroine Ava Green. So I feel like this will finally like be true. Maybe this would maybe finally be true for her. Um, and also uh, Katie McGrath. Um, is another option. So yeah, I, I, I'm not familiar with Katie McGrath, but Ava Green would be awesome. Wait, Katie, Mc, Katie McGrath? Yeah, she's an Irish actress. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I've. What do I know her from? She was she in Supergirl. Um, one season of Merlin. She was in the in Dracula. Yeah, she's in Supergirl. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's okay. where I know her from. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah, she plays a South African in Supergirl. Hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, we should move along to Mark's uh, quick burn. He said, "Here's an unfamiliar but interesting award: the Cordwainer Smith Rediscovery Award was founded in 2001 to draw attention to unjustly forgotten science fiction authors." Oh. Yeah, so this is kind of uh, similar to what we were talking about earlier about, hey, they might have been great, but maybe people just don't remember them or don't think of them uh, often enough. The founding judges were Gardner DeZoy, uh, rest in peace, Robert Silverberg, Scott Edelman, and John Clute. The current judges are Elizabeth Hand, Barry N. Maltzberg, Mike Resnick, and Robert J. Sawyer. Nice. That's awesome. So let's see. So... Are these the, most, the winners yeah, listed below? Yeah, they're the winners listed in alphabetical order. I'm scrolling down to get to the okay. end. So the most recent winner, I guess, was Frank M. Robinson, uh, writer of The Power. Hmm. I'm looking through to see if I have read any of these authors. Well, this is a good source of of, of expanding your horizons. Totally. Yeah, because um, I have not so far, I don't think I've read any Lee, we've read Lee Brackett. We've, led, oh, we've read, we Lee, Brackett. read Lee Brackett. But we didn't read that Lee Brackett. No. That they show here. But yeah. Oh, okay. and I've read Daniel F. Galloway. In fact, I put uh, Simulacron 3 on my top 25 underrated authors. Fantastic. All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. This first one uh, comes from Eric, who says, what other fantasy books have this trope? He says, I'm reading the Dresden Files for the first time. Nice. Good for you. He says, well, I did read the Bigfoot short story trilogy when it was in a humble bundle, which is what got me interested in the series. I noticed it's got a trope in common with Angels, Inc., a wizard living among us who is exiled from the greater wizard community and is on probation, complete with a wizard probation officer. There are probably a few other similar details. What drew my mind to it was the specificity of the similarities. The trope of the fantasy characters among us is a very common trope and a variant of the trope of aliens among us. Even Harry Potter is a version of that trope. But the exiled wizard living in our world, not just exiled in a magic world, who's on notice is something I've only seen once in Angels, Inc., so, are there lots of others with this trope? Do you consider the Iron Druid Chronicles to be that, I, that trope? Yeah. Well, I mean, he wasn't really exiled yeah, in the first book, exactly. at least. He was more on the run. He was just kind of hiding out. He was hiding. But it's sim- very similar. It's like yeah. right right in there. That was the first one that dro- that, that dro- dropped to mind. It just <laughs> fell on my mind. That popped into mind. Popped. Um, that's where I was going. 
Yeah, because that one also feels similar. I, a lot, probably a lot of urban fantasy. I mean, it, it feels like this is a, a, a more along the lines of an urban fantasy style trope. Almost. I mean, honestly, Harry Potter started that way. Mm-hmm. He was a hidden wizard, but it's kind of. But he wasn't exiled. He wasn't. He he was being protected. Yeah. So yeah, not again, not exactly exiled. Huh. Yeah, the closest one I can think of too would be would be Kevin Hearn and the Iron Druid. Uh, Sue says Faded is the first book of the Versus series by Benedict Jacka and has a similar trope. Stark and Sandman Slim by Richard Cadry would also fit. Mm. Outlier within Magic slash Other Community. Uh, there are others, but those are two of the popular series. Ah, and Nightside series by Simon Green. Very cool. Very, yeah. very cool. Well, uh, keep the suggestions coming in the thread over at Goodreads. Uh, meanwhile, we've got another one from Joel. The Stormlight Archive Soundtrack Project. I just want to say one more thing about this last thread, because Trike had a really cool post. He says, you can probably find more works with this theme with a deep dive into TV tropes. Fair warning, don't be surprised if you suddenly realize it's been 17 hours since you started following links. But there are Lost Wizard and also Occult Detective tropes that you can start looking in. So I feel like there's probably some pretty good, pretty good selections in there. Okay. Absolutely. Go ahead, continue. Uh, Joel says, just found this on our fantasy and it looks legit. A group of film composers who have worked on Transformers, The Hobbit, Fantastic oh. Beasts, and other big budget films have already recorded half of a soundtrack album for Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive with the City of Prague Orchestra. There is no film being made, just a soundtrack and an art book related to the books. The composers were fans of the book and pitched the idea to Brandon. And of course, he was psyched. Uh, there's a Kickstarter page. He says, this is a pretty cool innovation in bonus material. Sanderson and Michael Whalen at all collaborated to pitch the book along with its artwork. So music seems to complete the picture. There are samples to listen to on the Kickstarter page if you want. Uh, again, the, the link is in the Goodreads thread. But how cool is that? Like, I, I always, we've talked before from time to time about the idea of, creating a soundtrack or authors who were listening to songs while they were writing and then like sharing the playlist on Spotify, but to actually have legit film composers so excited about your work that they go get the city of Prague orchestra to record an original soundtrack. Like, so that's just over the top. So good news, everyone. Uh, somehow I managed to add this post to good to, uh, to barrier sword. Uh, it's from a year ago, actually. Mm-hmm. And but the so th- that's the bad news. The good news is now the book and the soundtrack are available. Oh right! So the whole Kickstarter funded, thing is, is because it's a year old. It's already funded, so you can yeah, just go buy it. You can go buy it on cdbaby.com. Uh, it's called Kaladin. It's the original book soundtrack, an original cinematic style book soundtrack inspired by the Stormlight Archive novels by Brandon Sanderson, and it's there. You can download it for fourteen ninety nine or buy it on a CD. For twenty three ninety nine. So you, Brandon Sanderson fans, who already knew of this, just sh- sh- settle down. But I make mistakes but sometimes. Tell everybody else, okay? Maybe they didn't know about it. Still really cool. Um, also, how did you find this? I don't know. <laughs> because I at just first looking... I was like, oh, there must have been somebody just added no. a post to the to the thread, but no, not at all. And it was on somehow it was on the top of Sci Fi Fantasy News, and so I'm very maybe confused. someone added a post and then deleted it. Maybe. Weird. Yeah, it's like the it's like the sixth entry on weird. Sci-Fi Fantasy News. So weird. Unless the date is wrong somehow. Oh, I don't know, guys. Yeah. I'm confused. Maybe Who knows? there are ghosts. It's probably uh, ghosts. But what we do know is you can buy the book. 
and the soundtrack. All right. And listen to them together. Yeah. And have fun. And that's what it's all about. <laughs> that's what it's all about. All right. Let's uh, get into a little mid-month book club discussion uh, for Slan by A.E. Von Vogt. Um, so both of us are finished because that's how we roll these days, apparently. Um, so Tom, you had some, we've already done the book briefing, right? In the previous episode. Yeah. Uh, the book briefing is there. If you're a patron at the level, um, just go look at the Patreon. It'll tell you. And, uh, and we did a brief, brief kickoff last episode. So we're not going to so much do a kickoff, but we aren't going to spoil. So if you haven't read it, you know, we're, we're going to talk very generally. This is the second time I've read this. The first time I read it, I don't know if I mentioned this during the kickoff. I had bought it at Mission Thrift. I used to do oh. this back when I worked at Tech TV. I would go to Mission Thrift on the weekends. I, I would meet my friend for brunch near there. And afterwards, I'd go up there and just like look at their paperback shelf and buy old sci-fi. Uh, so I, I, Arthur C. Clarke, Robert Silverberg, stuff like that would always be in there. And I bought Slam by A.E. Van Vogt. Read it at the time. Kind of remember sort of enjoying the concepts of it. So it'd been a while, you know, maybe 15, 16 years since I'd read it. Uh, so reading it again, I really only like the concepts. Like there is... <laughs> And and the writing is fine. I'm not trashing the writing, but there are there are some very simplistic mechanisms to get you from one point to the next. Like he is, this is very obviously his first work, or his first major novel work, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and because it really jumps around, and it, it is at a time when science fiction was young, and so concepts often were more important than plot structure the, the idea that like oh my gosh you know aliens among us are us or are they and the twist i love all that i love the general story and the concept of the slans and the humans and the tendrilous slans uh the way you get there sometimes is great sometimes is a little rough well i wonder if too this was part of the you know if this had to do with it being serialized which I believe it also was. Yeah, I think that may be part of the rough structure. Yeah, absolutely. Because he wrote it in parts. And th that mm -hmm. was very common back then, too, to write things in parts and then knit them back together. Um, I I also, there were some descriptions of things that I also don't want to be spoilery, so I won't get into it. And I was like, mm, really? I, I don't know how to explain it. It, it just felt like a, a, a kind of first authory kind of experiment to me. Mm -hmm. um, and... I had some trouble with the characters. Like I, nobody felt especially sympathetic. This is getting, you know, too wrap up soundy. Um, yeah. But I, but I didn't, I did enjoy the big concepts and I'm really excited to hear what people think about it. Um, especially from kind of like a political perspective and the vibe of the time that it was written and some of the, the things that might be kind of like problematic about it. And there's just a, there's a lot going on here and there's some really modern concepts there's some gems in there that pop out you know the idea of the other and and van vogt was writing this right after world war ii mm -hmm. and very much treating the idea of the slan as an outcast as sort of a a substitute to comment on the way the jewish people and others were treated by germany during the war so i feel like there's unintentionally some pretty stark co currentness to some of that, not just 
you know, because neo-Nazis or whatever, but also just the idea of race relations and our treatment of the other and dominant paradigms and all of that is is still fits, right? And and the way the slands are treated in this book and the and the way uh they they have to operate in secret, uh, some of that still, you know, mm-hmm. is still still very current. Again, with varying effect. Sometimes I'm I'm like, oh, that was a really cool passage and that was a really cool interaction and what a great insight. And especially for the 40s, right? Uh and then other times, like you say, that it's like, ooh, yeah, no, that's not how people talk or act. <laughs> but also trying to keep it within the lens of the of the period and the time is is mm-hmm. important as well. Um so I, I did enjoy it. It's it's it was just there there's definitely a lot to discuss. When you so in in a lot of ways this is because it's from a similar period it's going to remind you of Lee Brackett. Uh difference being A Van Vogt's a man, Lee Brackett's a woman. Uh but they're both writing for a world in which authors have to appear to be male to be accepted. Did mm-hmm. you feel there was any difference in how Van Vogt portrayed people versus how Brackett portrayed people? Oh gosh, you're going to make me dig into my brain archives to and, remember and, and, everything. Yeah, that's a pretty serious question that maybe we can set up for yeah. people to answer on Goodreads and we can talk about it next time. But I, I really felt like sometimes Van Vogt was more sensitive to women, you know, and granted on, on a scale, right. But then, then Brackett was, and I wonder if Brackett was overcompensating mm. to get published. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting conversation starter. Mm-hmm. Um, the discussion has been a little bit slow, but we're still early in the month. So I want to get some, get some conversations going about this book because I think there's a lot there. Yeah. Um, and the, the ending is pretty funny too. So I definitely, I was almost going to post about the ending. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll dig into it over on goodreads.com slash sword and laser. And we'll definitely talk about that ending next time. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up our show. A short episode this week. Um, but yeah, our show, of course, is entirely funded by our patrons. Um, thank you to all the folks who back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head to patreon.com slash sword and laser. And you can also support the show by buying books through our links. You can find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. If you want to get in touch with us, the email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. The website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 4157-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Show.